why don't you just look at somebody close to you and say, man, it's so good to see you. You're my family. If you've never seen this person beside you ever in your life, just go ahead and call them family. Because we're serving a great God. We're all going to the same place. You've got a brother or sister right beside you. Might want to look at them and say, hey, I don't mind spending forever with you. Oh, it just got real now. They're like, I like you and all, but eternity's a long time. Thank God that there's multiple levels to heaven. There's, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm hoping there's some quiet places along with some loud places. We serve a mighty God, amen? Well, if it is your first time here to Covenant Church, we welcome you. This is a family. We are a family of believers that are striving to be continually what? Continually better. And if you fall, fall forward. It matters, your mindset. It matters what comes out of your mouth. And what you say when you wake up in the morning, on a Monday morning, that's going to be, I got bad news for everybody, hot. It's going to be hot tomorrow. And guess what? The day after that, it's going to be hot. But rest assured, just like God brings different seasons into our lives, there is a new season coming. And we will, here in a few months, be complaining because it's so cold. So I just, I just, people, praise God for it being cold. Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, if it is your first time here, we love you. We're glad that you're uh, getting to be a guest with us here today. Uh, this is a church that's on the move. It's growing. I, I spoke to Trevor uh, earlier out in the foyer, and I said, I just had a feeling come over me of like, where we are as a church, and I just wanted to tell you it's exciting because this is the feeling that I'm feeling. Jason Ray is looking at me, and he's smiling ear to ear. He's like, I just love God. I'm happy to be alive. Amen. That's a miracle. We don't have time to go into all that, but I will just tell you this. When your blood pressure is 80 over, or no, 60 over 40, and you're purple, and the ER doctor says, it's over. We've done all we can do. But then there's a wife and a pastor that come jumping up in an ER room and saying, whoa, 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 whoa. It's not over. It's not over. And the doctor says, his wife does, is not ready to accept it. Can you please talk to her and help her to accept that he's, he's about to die at any second? I mean, she just doesn't want to accept it. And you're right. I'm not ready to accept it. Because I serve a God who I've, I still believe there's a miracle working power. And there, when, all, when you can't turn to the doctors, you go to God. And like a week later, out of the hospital, feeling good. A miracle, a miracle that God raised him up. That's as close to seeing someone raised from the dead as I've ever seen personally. And I will tell you what, there's some of you, you're dead in your spirit, you're, 
your, your marriage may be dead. The home life, you may have looked at it and say, there's no beep, beep, beep. It's more of a flat line sound. Just, But I'm telling you, God's wanting to spark something in you today. He's wanting to spark something in you today. Amen? Amen. God's, God's moving. He, there is so much going on and lives are being changed. There's a reason why people drive from long distances to feel the presence of God and what God is doing. It's mighty. It's powerful. And it's all glory to God. It's all glory to God. It's not... A person, it's not a musician, it's not a group of singers, it's not, it's God and what he's doing for people. Because as that is done for this person and this person, they can't help but talk about it and share it. And when you hear about good news and when you hear about something good going on with somebody else, it's kind of like hearing about a restaurant. You're like, wow, it's really that good? Man, I'm telling you, you've got to drive to Athens. Are you, man, I'm telling you, you gotta go. You gotta go to a little town called Palestine and you gotta try. Well, man, if you're gonna talk about it like that, I guess I gotta go. And so that's why, that is why. Thank God for some mighty, mighty powerful delivering stories, deliverance stories. So I was talking to Trevor and I said, This is where we are as a church. Have you ever been in line for a ride for a long, long time? Anybody been to Six Flags? Raise your hand. You've been to, I'm going to show my age here, Astral World. <laughs> wow. Does it, I think it's torn down and there's a parking lot there now. I don't know. But there's uh, theme parks that we go to and we get in these lines and we sit there and we sit there and it's hot and it's sweaty and you're just snaking back and forth through these lines and it's miserable. The whole time you're in line, it's miserable. You can lie to yourself and say, I'm so glad that I brought the family here for some good family time and it's a great family outing and they put up the fans and they blow the hot air on you and that feels better and it's like, oh, thank you for putting up that hair dryer on me. This is great. And so, but there's a feeling that happens as you're like, oh, yeah, here we go. You see them there. Now you're at the point where you actually can hear the ride. You can see the ride, and it's click, 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 and you're like, whoo. You start to feel a little antsy. You're like, oh, I don't know what we're doing here, but we have messed up because we're in the front of the line. And, and then, oh, we're in the middle. Oh, we're at the end. This is where it really snaps us. This is fast. What are we going to This is the feeling I have about where we are as a church. We have been waiting in line, waiting in line. We've been going through the grind, going through the grind. We've been praying. Every Sunday night, we get together up here, and we pray, and we pray, and we fast, and we fast. Does anybody else want to be at the front of the line with me today? Come on now. That's where you're at. Hey, whether you know it or not, whether you know it or not, this could be your first time here. You could have been coming here for 20 years. I don't know. But whether you know it or not, you, you're about to be on the ride. It's, not, it's too late now. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. You can't step into the car and across the tracks. No, we're not even going to allow that. You're in it. So, congratulations. Welcome to the ride. God is taking us on a, on a fun ride. This is fun. Living for God is fun. This is not a chore. This is not a burden. I don't look at living for God as like, oh, this is so miserable. I hate this. No, the blessings that come with living for God are mighty. The deliverance that comes with living for God is mighty. It's liberating. It's fun. 
It's happy. It's joyful. It gives me love for others. Amen? Amen. All right. Next steps is a thing that we have here at Covenant Church, uh, the Pillars class, and you, it's four classes. We would love for you to get involved in that. So if you don't know about that, find somebody out there at the liaison desk uh, and find out about next steps. Thank you also. Last Sunday we had a message called Answer the Call. I want to thank several people. I'm not going to call any names, but you know who you are. Thank you for answering the call. We have new volunteers. We have new drivers. It's a blessing that somebody answered the call. So just go ahead and look at your neighbor and start clapping. Yeah, say thank you, thank you. Because there's a lot, there's a lot that goes on here. So we're very thankful. Prayer tonight, uh, obviously at 6 o'clock. If you have never attended prayer on Sunday night at 6 o'clock, I encourage you to be in attendance. Come, be here. It is a great time. And listen, here's another thing I would like to encourage parents. Parents, get your child Ruffle their feathers a little. Tell them, hey, we're going to go pray. And watch the reaction, obviously, of the children as you. <laughs> yes, we're going to go and we're going to thank God that you're alive. Because I wanted to kill you earlier this week. And God moved on me in a mighty, mighty way. And he talked to me in my spirit and said, no, it's not time yet. We're in a season of life. Don't kill them yet. So we're going to thank God that I didn't kill you this week. No, I'm just kidding. I'm playing. I joke. But listen, there is so much to be thankful for. You say, well, I don't need to go to prayer tonight. I don't need to be at a Sunday night prayer meeting. I don't need anything. Could it be? So I don't need anything, so I have a lot. I don't, I don't need any. I'm not sick. I don't have a terminal illness. My family's good. Don't you know that the Bible says it's hard for a rich man to enter in the kingdom of heaven? So for those of you who are very well off, you are blessed beyond measure. You write a $1,000 check, and it's like, a penny to someone else. Just know that because you have so much, it can pull you away from a relationship, a close relationship where the person who doesn't have a lot and they are at a Sunday night prayer meeting and they're praying, God help me, I don't know how I'm going to make it. The person in the third world country who doesn't have electricity, who doesn't have running water, those that are doing without, mosquitoes are biting their children and they have tick bites and bug bites. And you say, oh, the filth. I don't even want to see it. I don't even want to look at it. That, oh, that's just disgusting. I couldn't, oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. There's no way I could live like that. You would if you had to. They have to. And you know what that causes them to do? Pray. And pray and pray. So when you say, I don't need anything. Why would I come to a Sunday night prayer meeting? I don't need anything. That's exactly why you should be here saying, God, I thank you. God, I thank you. Lord, I want to give you thanks. Lord, I want to ask you to bless those that do not have what I have. Lord, help me as I was blessed to be a blessing to others. How can I bless a ministry? How can I bless a youth program? How can I help somebody to get to church? What can I do? Where can I give in my time, talent, and treasure? What can I do? Lord, open my eyes. Show me. Don't let 
yourself be the person who is take, 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 and never to give, never to give. That is, there's nowhere in here where that was at. All right. Great progress is happening. As you can see, the church is growing, and there's a need for expansion, and we have been talking and talking and talking, and I know some of you are like, I'll believe it when I see it. And uh, I will let you know that I, I actually confirmed, and Spencer called the other day, and I called and talked to the, the concrete man. Tuesday morning, cutting concrete, it starts. It starts Tuesday morning. He, he, the, the, I, I spoke to him this morning. I said, he said, man, pastor, Lord willing. I mean, he said, I mean, if something happens with his family or there's an emergency, it doesn't start Tuesday, that's, that's, that can happen. But Tuesday morning, construction starts on the new expansion. And if you're wondering what it's going to look like, just go out in the foyer. We've got the plans up from the architect. And so that's very exciting. The signage was delayed, but it's coming. I promise you it's coming. Uh, thank you to several men that showed up yesterday. You know who you are. We cut down trees over here. We did dirt work. And uh, that's going to be extra parking. We, I was speaking to a gentleman who lives across the street. He doesn't attend church here. And I said, Paul, uh, you might want to check it out. <laughs> You're kind of missing out on what's happening right here in your front yard, your side yard, and your backyard. Because he said, man, well, he, he said, what are you going to do with this over here? I said, more parking. Well, you y'all poured concrete all I said, Paul, it's built. We need more parking. Man, I may have to come check this out. I may have to come check this out. I know he would not mind me using his name. He's a great guy. Every, a lot of people know him in the community. Works down at a local grocery store. Paul, if you ever happen to watch this online, we love you. And uh, we miss you. <laughs> we miss you. All right, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your many blessings. Thank you, Lord. For how you deliver us, you save us, you set us free from bondage. Thank you, Lord, that you set me free. Thank you, Lord, that you set me free from bondage. Thank you, Lord, that you delivered me from a curse. Lord, I pray, God, that you would empower us to walk free from the curse of sin. Gird our minds up. Lord, bind our mind to your mind, our heart to your heart. Open our hearts to receive your word today. In the name of Jesus, everybody say, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Let it be so, let it be so. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm ready for something new. I'm ready for something new. It was spoken about, it was mentioned today, letting go of the old and having something new. George kind of mentioned that today in the offering. My wife was speaking along that line. And I'm telling you what, God has got something new for you today. I am ready for something new. Now, I'm not speaking in the sense where let's get rid of the old because there's something new. There's something new in here for you today. There's something that has been waiting for you. There's a calling that has been coming out to you. You've been hearing things and seeing things. God speaks to us in many ways. There is a call like last Sunday that has gone out and many people have not answered the call. But I'm telling you, last Sunday's message, answer the call, still goes for today. It still goes for tomorrow. You need to be hearing the voice of God. And when you hear the voice of God, don't put Him on 
to voicemail. Don't leave him on red like we talked about last Sunday. Don't put your mind and your spirit on do not disturb mode. We don't need to go back into all that. I know some of you missed it, so there's, there's a brief little overview of last Sunday. But it is very, very important that we don't treat God like we treat our friends. I don't know, I'll, I'll answer him later. I don't have time. Oh, I definitely don't have time to talk to her. God is calling. Will you answer? Will you hear him? Amen? So we're talking about it's. we want something new, okay? So wanting something new is, is, is good, but there is kind of a movement here lately that I've seen where there's been kind of a move towards things that were old and the old way. So I begin to think about, as I was getting this message together, how I went to the Romero's house and I had to go... Uh, get some things and Kirk had some things for me and he hooked me up with some items that I needed and I, as I was in the house I, I couldn't help but notice this massive screen and a and a play board like a, a, a arcade game so it's an arcade game and it's got the joystick and a joystick and lots of buttons and uh, it was something that was old but to the kids it was something to them that it was it felt new. And so I said, man, where did you find this thing? I got all excited about something old. It was like, oh, this is amazing. Now, if you would have shown me, what is the, the newest PlayStation? It's a PlayStation 3, I know. Is there a PlayStation? Oh, there's a, I'm behind. Jaren's looking at me like, come on, please. Don't embarrass, don't embarrass yourself any more than you have to, Dad. But he's like, he's five, PlayStation 5. Got the new Nintendo but listen, this is what happens. So you show somebody a PlayStation 5, they're like, man, I can't even play that game. There's so much going on, and the VR sets, and the virtual reality. I mean, you put that on me, and I'm going to get shot to death in the first two seconds. It's like, who just killed me? A five-year-old from Seattle, Washington. How are you playing this game with me? I'm online, you ignorant sucker. I can't even last five seconds in this game. What's going on? I just got shot up by a kid in Louisiana. And the kid, if I get, you know how this works. These kids, this is why you got to watch your children. Because not only does the, the, the seven-year-old shoot and kill, but then he's going to blankety-blank, blank, 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 and blank, blank, get, uh, and, and you're like, my goodness, I'm out of here. This is a war zone. This is a war zone. So children, I mean, parents, watch your children and what they're doing. You would be shocked. Hey, you need to see and you need to know. So be careful that they have headsets on. Who's talking to them? What are they saying? The door shuts. You go to bed. And it's, okay, I can talk now. My parents are gone. Okay, I can be the real me right now because my parents are gone. And it's just filthy language. and Just be careful. Just be careful. So, Back to what I had seen, and the, the, the little girls are playing, and uh, it's a big screen. It's like, it would be about the size of like a 50 or 58-inch TV, and it's a dual console where there's two people can play at the same time, and 
there playing, and I see them uh, a game. It's like it's one of those things where different games can pop up. So like it's like the old Contra uh, Nintendo game, or like a Super Mario Brothers, or uh, oh, Sonic the Hedgehog. And uh, some of y'all are still looking at me like we didn't even know those games. I mean, you're talking about like that's an old game. I never even knew. Uh, we played Scrabble. <laughs> we got together and we we played cards and. So I looked at it, I'm like, oh, that is so cool, my goodness. And the girls are having fun playing on a Sega. Remember Sega? So it's, I know still some of y'all are like, I never had a Sega. That was, Sega was new to me like Xbox, Xbox 5 is to you now. So there is a call to go back to the old. And I think what it, it brings is like a sense of, Comfort, it, it kind of takes us back there in our mind of where we used to be. And it's kind of nice to go back to that childhood feeling. You know, back in the days when we got on the front porch and we're sweating and we're making homemade ice cream and we're playing Scrabble. That, that's not me. I'm before that time. But there is a thing that you can do. There's a thing you can go back to. One of the things that's coming back is uh, vinyl records. That is kind of in my time where... Check, check, check. Oh, this is extremely hot. Kirk, if you could help me out, please. I'd appreciate this. All right. So, vinyl records. That's something that's coming back. I remember as a child, one thing that we would get together and do is we would look through the records, pick out an old record, and I would put a record on the player on the turntable. And then on the turntable, what we would do, would we would take the needle. For those of you that are younger, we had to put a needle on a piece of plastic, vinyl plastic, and it would turn in a circle. Here's, here, man, it's the coolest thing ever. So the, the record was, it was grooved, okay? So you put the needle on the outside edge, and it just corkscrewed in, and the needle would move in and play the songs that were coded. Now, this is amazing, the technology of this. If you don't mind, can you just hook that up while I'm talking? The technology of this, how... Thank you so much. Here you go. It's still on. Don't take it to the restroom. <laughs> Y'all have no idea what you go through when you have one of these headsets on. It's like maybe you need to make a trip somewhere in a building, and you're like, check, check. Lightly put the shirt over, check. <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> so it's been, I'm telling you, it's, it's the craziest thing, the, te the technology. And so then we moved to DVDs and MP3s and all this stuff. And, but the going back to the old, it does bring a sense of comfort. And so one of the things that I, I've, I've mentioned this before, and it's, hang on, everybody. We're going to get to a point here that will rock your world, okay? We're going to get there. Just bear with me just for a minute, but I need to expound a little bit on the old. So if you are here today and you're old, if you would, raise your hand. I'm just kidding. 
So, somebody said, I'm proud to be old. You know, there's a joke I told a little while back where the kid is making fun of the old dad, and the dad says, I'm successful. I've paid off my house. I've got land. I've got vehicles. I've got a boat that's paid for, and I'm old. That's the goal. What have you done? Well, I, now that you put it like that. So if you're old today, praise God. That is the goal. I want to be old one day. I want to be able to walk around like this and just be like, yeah, I remember back in 88. I want to be able to have these stories. God delivered me. He saved me. He resurrected me. He turned my life around. He turned my family around. Look over here at this great grandchild over here. There's no way he'd be living for God if it weren't for what God did for me. And I know I'm 90-something, none of your business years old, but he saved me and rearranged me. And I got a great grandchild over here who's living for God. That is the goal. It is not for you to give your heart in one little small moment and then go right back to your life of sin. Live for God your, the rest of your life. So my wife and I, we like old shows. We will go home. I guarantee you this is what's going to happen today. Our kids are going to come over. We're going to eat something. She's already got it planned. And we're going to cook that meal. We're going to eat. And then we're going to be like politely like, hey, y'all can leave whenever you like. You know, hey, hey, you know, turn the AC down, turn the fan on. And we're going to turn an old black and white show on. And we're going to get that volume just right to where we really can't hear it. But we can see it. And it's just the right volume that kind of makes you want to just kind of get sleepy. And I I, this show that we watch, I don't want to watch the color ones. I want We've downloaded all the seasons, and I stopped downloading the seasons when it turned to color. I don't want that. I want that old one. It makes me feel comfortable. It takes me back. It's important that we realize what I'm talking about here. Taking us back. Taking us back to the past. How many of you got a past that you really don't want to go back to? I, I have a past. I, I never, ever, ever want to have a rerun of my past. No reruns. It's time for something new. Go ahead and put that title up there for me if you don't mind. It's time for something new. Look at your neighbor. It's time for something new. It's time to get uncomfortable. Because going back to our past, going back to the things that made us feel good, things that we liked in our past, it can bring some comfort. It's kind of like that comfort food. And that food that's kind of like it's good to you, just not good for you. I mean, it's like carb, carb, carb. And for dessert, we're going to have carbs. And we feel really good. Man, we feel good. I mean, you get mashed potatoes, gravy, macaroni and cheese. We're going to double up on those carbs. And then maybe a side of rolls. I mean, a <laughs> little bit of pork chopper steak, but that mashed potatoes and that macaroni together. I mean, I'll even go like KFC on it. I'll mix that stuff up in a bowl. I'll be like, it's all good, baby. Throw the peas, the macaroni and cheese, the, mac the potatoes, just mix it up in the bowl. And, you know, it's so funny to me how some of us will be like, oh, I would never. But when you're by yourself, 
when you're alone, there's a message in this, okay? I'm telling you there's a message in this because you're like, oh, KFC. Oh, there's no way. But you're by yourself. You're coming back home from Tyler, and you stop by KFC, and you get that bowl that you said, oh, hideous. Oh, I would never. And you're like, oh, you're just slopping it up. You're like macaroni and cheese, potatoes, chicken nuggets thrown in there. I don't even know what all is in this bowl. And, and we do that when we're by ourselves. But when we're around our friends, we're like, I'll have the salmon and a water with lemon and a side of asparagus and a kale salad, no dressing. I'll have it dry. And you're, I just wanted to let my friends know how healthy I am. Listen. In your walk with God, so many times, if you're by yourself, you got to be careful. You'll, you will go to the slop. You will go to the slop. But when you're in front of your family, when you're in front of your wife, when you're in front of your friends, and it's like, oh, yeah, I just, yeah, the other day I was reading through Kings, and uh, I was just, it was amazing what God said to me and what he told me to do. I didn't do it, but I did read it, and I heard about it. He convicted my heart. I didn't change, but you see what I'm saying? And that's because I, I'm... In pup, listen, sacrifice in private. Sacrifice in private and then watch God bless you publicly. He will, he will. I want to, if you will, uh, they're going to put up on the board Leviticus 26 and 10. Let's get, let's get serious here for a second, for multiple seconds, minutes. Leviticus 26, 10. You will still be eating last year's harvest when you will have to move it out. Look at me. To make room for the new. To make room for the new. You'll still be eating last year's harvest when it's time for you to move it out and make room for the new. Somebody, it's time to move it out. Say, God, I want it out of my life. It's time to get it out. I don't want it in my life anymore. It is time for something new. I am sick and tired of my old way. I am so tired of how I always am, what I always feel like I am, what my friends say I always am. I've got a label on me. I am the bad, rotten, miserable and it's time for something new. I'm so sick of the way that I have been living my life. I go to church, nothing changes. I go to church, nothing changes. I'm, go I'm going to church. I don't have an experience with God. Nothing is going to change until the real you meets the real God. Let me say this to you today. You need a new testimony. What happens when we get to... The new, it's the New Testament. You need a new testament. You need a new testimony. As we turn the pages, there is the old, there is the law. There are the things of yesterday and the way that things were handled and the things that, that they had to do to even feel the presence of God, to have their sins forgiven. But we are in a new testament. You need a new testament experience. You need to have a new and this is your testament. So we read it and we look at it and we're like, oh, well, let me read from the New Testament. You know, let's just, as we're reading through and we're looking through our Bible and we just begin to turn the pages. And right here in my Bible, I don't know about yours, you know, they're all numbered differently. But in my Bible, you know, I could be reading and then on page 847. Page 848. Things change. Something happens. A page is turned, and then it's like, 
What's next? What is the next chapter? What does the next chapter in my life hold? Well, as you turn the pages of your word of God, the, a divinely orchestrated, here before us, here after us, you think you're somebody? You think you've attained something in life? Guess what? You're living in a dirt body. I'm living in a dirt body. This right here will never, ever, ever go away. But as we turn the pages, we look at the New Testament. I want something new. There's a reason why it's named the New Testament. There is a new covenant. There is something new and greater for you. And what do we realize? What do we go after? Something new. We, we work for it. We seek after it. We dream about it. We think about it. My boys throughout the years, and myself included, I know you included, when something was kind of put in front of us, and it was something we desired, something we wanted, it was new. That was some, something that would make us to save our money. To, to watch how we spent our time and watch what we invested into and, and working it out and, and thinking about it. I remember as a child when Christmas would come along, this will tell my age, and I know it will tell some of you your age, as Christmas would be coming up, our, my mother would give us a catalog. Yes, that's right, Ben, a catalog. It was paper. It was a book. I'm picking on Ben hard today. Tristan, your turn. So, a catalog, and we would go in there and we would circle gift ideas. I would love to have this play set. I would love to have this G.I. Joe. I would love to have this racetrack. Oh, this motorcycle, if you don't mind. And we would think about, dream about, hope for faith is the evidence of things hoped. Can somebody agree with me today that you need a new dose of faith? You've settled in on the old. You've settled in on your past and who you have been and what you always will be. And you live in the past. You're comfortable in the past. But God says, i got something new for you today. I've got something that will fire you up, change your life. It's something new, a New Testament experience. So the New Testament church, they're having to learn something new. They're having to go through a whole change as Jesus comes on the scene. John 3, 16 through 17, whoever believes on Jesus. So they're, now they're having to learn about faith. They're like, wait a minute, whoa, believe? What? I'm used to having to do a lot of work. I'm used to having to do some things in my past. My ancestors, all of the ones before me, they had to do so much work. Matthew 7, 28. So Jesus is teaching, before the scripture, he's teaching about the foolish man building on the sand. In verse 28, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one having authority, not as their teachers of the law. So imagine with, with me, if you will, how the, the change that's happening and what they're having to go through in their minds are like, man, the law and the law and, and the law and, and, and 
rise up and be healed in the name of Jesus. Rise up. As Jesus is saying, he doesn't say in the name of Jesus. He just says, rise up and be healed. Come out of him in Jesus' name. And they see it. It's visible. You can't deny it. But yet they say, but the law. And, and we're waiting. We're waiting for the Messiah. We're waiting. And sickness, leprosy. I command you to leave and fall off in the name of Jesus. Sickness, leave right now. Withered hand, be made new. But the law, but, but, but my past. God is saying to someone today, I believe, as he was just feeding this into my spirit, I begin to think about how many people are saying, God, I need you. I, the withered hand. My broken spirit. But I want to live in the past. And I want to hang on to the things that make me comfortable. And this can be made straight. This can be made new. But I need you to let go of some things. I need you to cut some things. I want to do something new. I want to give you a new experience. They wanted to hang on to the old, the old law, the things of old. But then you've got Jesus who's on a miracle-working fiasco bonanza. I mean, it's healed, healed. The Bible says there were so many miracles performed that they could not even write them all down. There's not enough paper to write it all down, everything that he did. I mean... This is what's going on. This is the new. This is what they're seeing. Be careful that you don't lie to yourself and see what's going on. See continually better. See someone who may fall, but they fall forward. See somebody who's delivered from an addiction. See a marriage that's made whole. And you say, I see it. I know it. Man, thank God. Bless y'all. Praise God for y'all. I'm still back here in the past. It just doesn't work for me. I'm stuck. See see here? I'm in the mud. I'm, I'm in the mud of my sin. I'm stuck. And I'm literally, there's a suction. It's got me pulled down. I'm bogged down in my sin. And I can't get out of it. I appreciate you. I'm happy for y'all. It's new. It's a new experience. I can't go there. Yes, you can. Yes, you need to. And yes, you will. You will be here. You will be here one day. Put that picture up, if you will, if you don't mind. Something new. There's a lot of unexpected with something like this. And somebody comes up and they give you a gift or they have it. And it's, it's available to you. You know, if you don't know your Bible, let me tell you something There's about this great word. And there's something called the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Ghost. It's an amazing experience. It's something that if you have not experienced... You're missing out. But you don't know that you're missing out because you won't unwrap the package. So imagine, if you will, this package is waiting on every single one of you in the foyer. And as you walk out today, 
we're going to hand it to you and say, this is for you. And you take it, and you carry it with you, and you've got it, and you're going to carry it to work. You're going to carry it to your family. You're going to carry it around with you to your friends, and you're just going to have it. It's, it's available. But you don't want to take the time to open it. You don't want to take the time to open it. You don't want to take the time to even read the card. Who's it from? What is this? What does this entail? It is a gift. It is a a miraculous, mighty gift for you to receive. Very little effort is involved in opening up a present. But some of you don't want to receive the gift You don't want to look at the gift because you might be afraid. I have no idea what that was. We thank the Lord. Hey, we're this church, it's Sunday school. But some of you got scared for a minute. You're like, Holy Ghost fixing to move. I'm pretty sure, I didn't read my whole Bible. There's a part in there that said it came in like a mighty rushing wind. True story. I'll just break away just for a split second. Let me tell you a true story. I'm I'm in a church of about 30 members in Tyler. And, uh. As a child, I don't know, young young teenager. Not one even a teenager. I think I was 12, 13, maybe a young teenager. And we're in church, and I've been hearing my whole life about uh, just how God can move, and he moves in like a cloud, and the spirit of God, and the winds, and this. And I'm in a church service, small, small church. The whole church is about the size of that one section. And it had an aisle down the middle. And so a uh, man in the back starts kind of coughing. <coughs> Kind of being overcome. I'm like, oh, I don't know what's going on there. You got a little coughing spell. Then the next row up starts coughing. Then the next row up, and I'm like, oh, Jesus. In my mind, I'm thinking, is there like an evil spirit that has come into this church? What is going on? And the next row up, and then and then the, by the end, the guy in the back row is like, oh, oh, oh. I'm like, I don't know, the, the only way out of this church is to go past the back row out the door. Lord, if you've ever answered a prayer in my life, I know I'm young, uh, honor my faith, Lord, just, you're just going in your mind, you're like, what's going on? Come to find out the man in the back that ran the sound, open up the door. You know, when a small church, you got to do so many things, do lots of jobs. He also was security, and he got to playing with during the service a can of mace and was flipping it and turning it and opening it up and just kind of barely and he set it off and there's a cloud of mace that's invisible like the Holy Spirit just moving up from row to row to row I'm like Lord here we go I don't know what this coffin brings but Lord deliver Dave said I'm out of here (laughs) true story and you know It is, it's, it is, it's a funny story, but I'm telling you, God wants to move in a mighty way. He wants to move like that to where there is a, a sign, there is a visible sign to you. There's something, you're like, what is going on with that person? I saw that man in town, and he seems like such a hard, tough man. He works hard. He, he sweats. He's got his own business. He's just a man's man. He's a man. And then I came to Covenant Church, 
And I see that man at an altar with his knees bowed and his hands raised and there's tears streaming down his face. What is going on? What is happening? Why would a man, what is going on with him? He's got a close relationship with God. And he's not afraid to be secure in his emotions and his feelings. He's not afraid to open up the present and see what's inside. He finally opened it up and said, I'm just got to open it. i got to see what somebody gave me. I don't want to open it. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to have to go to them and say, I don't like the gift. So if I just never open it, then I never have to go to them and say, because when they ask me, hey, did you like the gift? Oh, I, I need to open that. I'm, I need to open that. But, oh, man, I know, I know they're poor. They don't have a lot. They probably bought me something that's really junky. Might have got me something at Family Dollar off the toy aisle. I mean, I just don't, I don't want, so as long as I don't open it, as long as I don't just go there, then I don't have to answer them. And God is calling, like I mentioned last Sunday, He's calling. Answer the call. Answer the call. Did you open up the gift? Did you see what I had for you? God, I don't want to go there. I don't, I'm scared. I don't, it's, it's a little bit different. I'm a little bit worried. I don't want to be that grown man at the altar with my hands raised and a tear rolling down my cheek. I don't want to open up my emotions. I don't want to say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. Lord, I don't want to say, Lord, deliver me because I actually like my sin. I don't want to even go there. I don't want to take the time to cut the bow, to unwrap it, to untie the knot. Some of us are tied up in knots. And he's saying, let me unravel this mess. Let me open you up. Let me, if you won't open yourself up, just pray that I can open you up. And open yourself up and say, God, open me up. Lord, bless me with the gift. Lord, give me the gift of your spirit living inside of me. But you got to want something new you gotta want it you cannot be waking up every morning of every week every month year after year and just so happy to be in the old give me my nintendo my vinyl records give me my 88 chevy truck that i restored i don't want the new i don't want fuel injected I want to have to pump the gas. I, I like that. I like the smell of fuel. You know, I don't want this new. We've got a vehicle like this, and it makes me so aggravated. This car will kill itself at the red light. And, I, and every time I do it, I'm like, I want my car to run. And then sometimes I'll forget about it, and, and, and we'll crank the car, we'll pull up to the red light. And it's saving gas. It's helping to, oh, we want to be so green. Look, I, look, I pay for the gas. I spent too much money for the fuel that you're selling me. And if I want to burn it, if I want to sit at the red light, put it in neutral and go, vroom, vroom, it's my choice. You quit turning my car off for me. And I hit that button and I'll say it like that. I want my car to run. I didn't ask you to turn my car off. I want my car to run. I don't want to hear a quiet vehicle. I want to hear the motor. I want to smell the exhaust. I want to know that this thing is alive. Some of you need to wake up and you need to have a, a, a scent of the Holy Spirit in your life where somebody says, are, are you dead? Are you dead or what? Are you alive? Do you have any life in you? Because you look like you're dead. Listen, when my car pulls up to the red light, everyone looks at it and says, it looks like it's ready to go. When it's sitting there, dead. It's not running. 
there's no power. And the power don't come to that vehicle until I do what? Get off. But I don't even have to mash the gas. The first thing I got to do is get off the brake. You got your foot on the brake. I'm not going to open it. I don't want to go there. I don't want anything new. I've jammed so hard on this brake, I have dug my heels in. I got a spot wore out on the floor. And God's saying, if you would just let off the brake. I've got so much in store for you. There is power. There is power to go zero to 60 and leave everybody in the dust. All they had known was the old way of a tangible sacrifice, something they could touch, something they could just put their hands on. But if we'll go to Acts, I want to go to Acts, if you will. Acts chapter 2. And I want to read just a, a little bit of scripture here. Pardon me as I turn in my actual Bible with pages. Acts 2, I want to start in verse 36. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made... This Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. See, they, they didn't even realize what they had done. They didn't realize that they had killed the Messiah. They didn't realize this. They're looking, they're looking, they're looking. It's like the person who's drowning in the ocean, and they're saying, please give me a life jacket. I'm drowning. I need Jesus. Help me. I need Jesus. I need to be saved. But I, I need an orange life jacket. We got a blue one. Here's a blue life jacket, brand new actually got a rope on it if you'll grab it I'll pull you in here I really was praying for an orange one I, I've seen them on TV they look it's like the Coast Guard you know got a whistle maybe like a little strobe light on it you got one of those no but we got a blue one with a rope on it we're, we're they're praying Lord we we need this we, we we're looking for the Messiah what our Savior we your Savior is knocking at the door he's saying Answered the call. Would you pick up the phone? I'm here. I'm calling you. I am calling you. I need you. I need workers. I need for those to go out in the highways and the byways and compel them to come. I need somebody to, to open their heart. Let me open them up. Let me open up the gift. Let me bless you with the gift so then you have a testimony. Then you have a new testament. You have a new testimony. You have a story that will impact somebody else. It will change somebody else's life. Because there's millions of people that are hurting, dying, and lost, and going to hell. They're not saved. They have not done anything to be saved. They're just living life. They're sucking up and soaking up the sun and sucking up oxygen, and they're just taking it in and blowing it out. And there's nothing happening. There's no transfer there of knowledge. They have no knowledge of the Word of God. They have no knowledge of something else. They need somebody to walk up with a present and say, hey, check it out. Open it up. So let me get back to this word. I'll start over. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Verse 37, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? What are we going to do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's something new. It, it's not what you're used to. It's not what you may think. It's something, it's a gift. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all 
for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message, accepted. You've got to accept that you can hear the message to the person who's given the message is blue in the face. I can tell you, we can preach to you, we can talk to you on a Tuesday night, help night, hope, elevate, learn, and prosper. Too many classes to even name. And you are at home miserable. You have a husband who doesn't love you. You have a husband who's cheating on you, and you know it. You have a wife who's cheating on you, and you know it. You have all these situations of life, and you just deal with it. You deal with it, you deal with it, deal with it. And you're just trudging through the mud, trudging through the mud. But I, you know what? I'll just keep doing this, and I'll just keep going here, and I'll just keep reciting the same old stuff. Reciting. What is reciting? You're, you're, you're old stuff. I'll just live in the past, live in the past. And God's saying, I've got something new for you, but you've got to go after it. You've got to go seek out something more. But I don't want to hang out with the Gentiles. I don't want to hang out with somebody who's different than me, looks different than me, smells different than me. Tuesday nights, we, it started off as Celebrate Recovery. The very first time we had a Celebrate Recovery class, we had a gentleman there. I know I've told this story before, but if you're new, I'll tell it again. The man was crazy, he was drunk, he smelled bad, he, it was just craziness. I mean, the man couldn't even speak a, 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 a normal sentence. Probably should have been uh, here in the sanctuary giving, getting delivered from some demons or something. It was that crazy. And so, that's how it started. And I remember telling stories about like, hey, celebrate recovery, we had two in class with us and... It was a great time, and uh, there's, and then we have a, a third person and a fourth person that begin to grow, and people will be getting delivered from alcoholism and drugs. And, and then people started kind of, I believe, putting a label on it like Tuesday night is for the dope head. Tuesday night is for the alcoholic. Tuesday night is for somebody who's more lost than me. Oh, heaven help us. What did I More lost than me? Somebody who's more, they're worse off. Let's just say worse off instead of lost. Because... Everybody feels like they're saved, right? Everybody. Oh, I'm saved. I'm saved by grace. I love God. I gave my heart to the Lord a long time ago. Shook the preacher's hand, and uh, I believe that he's my Lord and Savior. Hey, he knows, he knows I love him. Really? How, how do you show him? So, he, so he, know, he knows it so well. How do you show him? Well, he knows. He knows I love him. I give. What do you give? Um, good question. What do you give of? Um, he knows I love him. We'll just leave it at that. I got to go. See you. In about a year, I'll see you. Don't take this message as one of a condemning. Take this message as one of a presentation of a gift. This is a gift. So we look at what is available to us, and then I want us to be become, I know it's quiet right now, but I want us to become excited about like, Oh, so there's an actual present. There's an actual gift. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. It's, a, it's amazing. When you look at what can happen in your life, when you look at what God can do in your life, when I look at what God did in my life, in our life, 
my family. When I look at how my family that was, I'll be honest, circling the drain. And it was like, at any moment, it's flush. And it's gone. And it's, that's where my family was at. And so then it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. If you will answer the call, if you will seek after the gift, if you will go after something new, because what you've been doing and the way you've been living your life, it's not going to work. You see what's about to happen. Everything is about to go down the drain. And then when you stop, Lord Jesus, I need you. I know I've been faking it, hoping that I could fake it till I make it. And the truth was, I was not going to make it. But I'm telling you what, some of you are there today. You're faking it, hoping you'll make it. But I'm telling you, he's what, what the, the make wants to be on this, needs to be on this, is he's making a way. He wants to make a way for you to make it. With many other words, he warned them. This is verse 40, if you follow me on the screen. With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Praise God for things that are happening in a mighty way. Let's face it, trusting in God sometimes brings tension. How much can I trust God? Your tolerance for tension determines your potential for growth. So stop putting the filter of tradition on what God is really saying to you. Quit being the cause of tension. What you heard and what he said are two different things. But this is what we say. We want to pray it away, right? We want to pray tension. We want to pray that away. But we love it in the movies. We love it in the movies. We want to watch a movie that's got all of the distress and the tension and the anxiety but what we'll sit down and watch for hours with our popcorn and our Coke. When it happens in our life, we'll pray it away. God, take it away. God, take it away. Lord, remove it from my life. Remove this tension from my life. We want God to take it away. The trouble, the hurt, the pain, and the tension of life. God is saying to us today, I'm not taking anything. I'm transforming. I'm not taking. I'm transplanting. I'm not taking. I'm turning around. I'm not taking, I'm taking over. I'm taking over. Andrew, if you will, get ready to be baptized. Let's praise God for another baptism today. Amen. Andrew Messer getting baptized. His wife, Jill, could not be here today. We're going to reschedule that. Brian, if you don't mind, let's make sure we get that rescheduled. Uh, husband and wife getting baptized together. Andrew said, you know what? I'm not waiting on her. I'm going to church, and I'm getting baptized. Jill, you have to get it next Sunday. Opposition brings opportunity. What will you do with your opportunity? When you look at Joseph and Peter and the little town called Joppa. I'm sorry, Jonah. I said Joseph. Jonah and Peter in a little town called Joppa. Both were given an opportunity in a, at a new challenge. Jonah was called to go to Nineveh and preach the gospel. No, he doesn't do that. He runs to Joppa and he finds somebody there with a boat and says, Hey, can I hitch a ride and get away from the call of God? And so be careful about what you're doing, how it can affect others. Because they're on this boat, and it's rocking, and it's rocking, and it's storming, and it's storming. Like somebody ain't living right. Somebody's not living for God. What is going on here? And the truth comes out. They throw him overboard. And you know the rest of the story. But then when you look at Peter, and someone says, hey, can you come 
to Joppa. Can you come here? When somebody has opened up the gift, they've experienced the gift, and they know what God has done for them, then it opens up a whole new realm of power, of deliverance. And so then you've got Peter who gets called to Joppa, and he raises from the dead, power of God through working through Peter, he raises a woman from the dead, and it's an amazing experience. So some people take a gift and look at it and say, thanks, no thanks. Some people take a gift and they look at it and they say, I want to open it, I want to experience it, I want everything you have for me. So he, there's Tabitha. So he raises Tabitha from the dead. Another name that was put on her, you'll laugh, her name was called Dorcas. You know what? Thank you, Peter, for doing what you did. Somebody named Dorcas needs a second chance at life. <laughs> let's raise her up and let's rename her Tabitha. <laughs> Start expecting more out of yourself. If you would, please, let's, let's all stand. And you know what let's all stand means in church lingo, right? It means it's over. Some of you have tolerated this message for 50, everybody look back at that screen. 50 more, 54 minutes you tolerated what I was telling you. 54 minutes you sat there and heard about a gift that was available. To walk out, not open it, and not experience it. So for those of you who tolerated me today, I would ask you as you walk out of the service today, as you walk out of the sanctuary, have this prayer that would happen with you today. Pray this, Lord, let me see the gift. And Lord, if I'm not one to open up this gift for myself, I pray God today that you would open my eyes and help me to be open to the gift that is in me. God has blessed each and every one of you with a gift. A gift of love, a gift of hope, and I will say all of the fruits of the Spirit. You need to be manifesting all of the fruits of the Spirit. So the gift of the Holy Spirit is a blessing. It's something that He wants to put on you and give you freely. But you've got to go after it. You've got to seek after it. Be ready for something new. I don't want us to, to run. I want us to react. Don't run from the gift. Don't run like Jonah did. Don't run like Jonah did. Don't run from, run to. Don't run away, run to. God is calling somebody here today. There is someone here today. And you may find yourself in this message where you feel like there's something new for you. You've always felt it. You feel like, man, there's, there's something new. There's something more. I just don't know what it is. And so today, as I open up these altars here in a second, I want to say this. You need to pray, Lord, whatever you have for me. Lord, I will answer the call. Lord, I will open up the gift. Lord, open it up in me. And I will tell you, you need to pray like this. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, this gift that you said is for me and my children. It's for me and my offspring. It's for my whole family. It is a gift. So you come to an altar and you raise your hands. Why do we raise our hands? So many people, that I've, I've talked to people and they say, I don't raise my hands in church because I'm just not feeling it. This is not for you okay 
this is not for you. This is in worship and surrender to God. If I pull, I sold this to our youth the other day. When the youth were in here on a Wednesday night, I said, if I pull a gun on you and I say surrender, and it's for, what you raise your hands for so quick? It's, a, it's my fingers. He couldn't help it. Someone who walks up at a gas station, they say, she fought it. This is a great example right here. This is exactly, you couldn't see her. This is what happened. I said, somebody pulls up at a gas station. They point a gun at you, and I went like that. And she went like this. She went, gun. That's what she did. And then she said, no, nah, it's, fa- it's, it's just a finger. It's all, oh, he almost had me. This is not a fake gift. This is not a fake gift. This is the real deal. Some, God made a way. Thank you, Jesus, that you make a great point at the end of this sermon through this, what just happened. And some of us are doing this as God's saying, surrender to, surrender to me. And so many of us are doing, oh, Jesus, oh, you almost had me. Oh, bless you. No, it's not fake. It is real. And you have been denying real your whole life. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in the Holy Ghost. I don't believe in that experience. That's not for me. I'll go to church. I'll attend. I'll sing. I'll give them my time, talent, treasure. But no, 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 no. I'm not ever, ever, ever even going to crack the paper on that gift. I won't even crinkle the bow. When there are others who Jesus says, surrender to me. Surrender. Surrender like, oh, you're, you're going to kill me? No, no. Surrender because I want to give something to you. I'm not wanting to take something from you. I want to give something to you. So there are those that when it's when the, the gift is made available, when the call goes out, it's an immediate, like they don't, he couldn't even find it. I pointed a finger at him and he went, whoop. He still got him up. But someone else says, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh, no, psych, uh, no, uh, not going to do it. The altars are open. If you find yourself in this message today and you want to take the time or you want somebody else to pray with you, make your way to an altar. I see you. I, I know. I know there's many people in this in this sanctuary right now. You're feeling the call of God. There's something new for you. Come on. Let's pray together. Let's be a family of prayer together. Some of you can't make it tonight on a Sunday night prayer. Come on up here right now. Let's pray together as a family. Let's pray. Let's seek God for something new. Let's pray. Come on, let's pray. This is for God. We worship God. We surrender to God. Come on. Don't hold back. It's a gift. It's a gift. Right where you're standing in your pew, just begin to worship God and thank God for the gift. Say, Lord, I need this gift. Lord, open up my heart to this gift. Lord, I need you in my heart, Jesus. Lord, fill me with this Holy Spirit. Fill me with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I want more of you. I need more of you. That's it, church. we got to sing that's right, Jason. We gotta seek after him. We need more of you, God. We need more of you. My heart is set. I need you, Jesus. My heart is set.
something new. Let's give him praise right now that the old man, the old woman is going away. The old is going away.